your attention to the book of Acts, chapter 7. I'd like to read three verses there from the New King James Version. Please, again, I ask you to continue your frame of mind, your thoughts in worship. I feel such an overwhelming anointing and presence of the Lord here in this place today. He is wanting to do something spectacular for you before you leave here this morning. I don't say that lightly. I don't say that in a means to provoke excitement on your part other than that I recognize what I feel and what I know in this place. Chapter 7 of the book of Acts, verse 44 says, Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he appointed, instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen, which our fathers, having received it in turn, also brought with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers until the days of David, who found favor before God and asked to find a dwelling for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. Solomon built him a house. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet says. Let's bow our heads together. Precious Savior, right now, I stand humbly in your holy presence asking you to anoint these words for the next few moments that we might minister today as it would be according to your will. Help us, Lord, to yield unto the working and moving of your Holy Spirit, each and every one of us in this place, and we'll give you the praise and the thanks for it. It is in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Would you look at your neighbor and simply say to them, I want to embrace God's glory. I want to embrace God's glory, and you may be seated. The Apostle Paul, in his letters to the various churches, also made it abundantly clear that we, the individuals that make up the church, are in fact the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 3 and 16, Paul asked this question of the church at Corinth. He said, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. He also made this proclamation in his writings to the church at Ephesus, and he said to them, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. The Apostle Peter in his Writings to the churches as well made it clear in his letters by pinning these words in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5 through 6, when Peter says, Ye also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. While I am quite certain this morning that everyone here listening to this at this particular moment, no doubt believes and no doubt understands what I'm talking about and 
knows that we are the church of Jesus Christ and that we are the dwelling place and the temple for the Holy Spirit. Amen? I am convinced all under the sound of my voice agree that we individuals making up the body of Christ are in fact the temple of God. We are His dwelling place. We are His habitation. We are where He has chosen to make His residence and to make us His temple, if you will. Although you may agree and you all may say amen to that assumption on my part, I have to wonder and I have to ask the question, have we really embraced His glory? Have we really embraced His glory? There are two occasions within the Old Testament biblical history where God's glory actually filled His dwelling place. Amen. The first of which we find recorded in the 40th chapter of the book of Exodus, verses 34 through 35, where we find that the tabernacle and all of its furnishings had been made. The offerings had been collected and everything that was to be plated in gold had been plated in gold and the everything the ark of the covenant was just as god had desired it and designed it and instructed moses to build this tabernacle and all of its furnishings the holy of holies and the veil that would surround the holy of holies and the outer court of the tabernacle and the holy place as well and the golden laver and the altar on which all of these animal sacrifices would be given as atoning sacrifices for the sins of the people. Now it has come time and they have assembled all of these elements of the tabernacle. And the last and final furnishing that was to go in there was the priest were to lift that Ark of the Covenant, which was representative and symbolic of the divine presence of God, was to take it upon their shoulders and walk it into the Holy of Holies. And there they were to set it between the cherubs and the wings of the cherubs that would overshadow it and the mercy seat. And there they took the ark and they set it down. And it said that when this took place and the veil was closed, that it would into the holiest of holies, that it says that the cloud of, the, the, then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Hallelujah. And it said that it was such a magnificent presence beyond description that Moses and the order of priests could not minister because of the divine glory and presence of Almighty God. They just had to step out of the way and allow God to do what He wanted to do in their presence. They could not go in. They could not come out. The only thing they could do is stand in awe and worship Him as they watched His glory descend upon this tabernacle and make its residence there among His people. Amen. Said that the cloud rested upon it and the glory of the Lord 
filled the tabernacle. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, it's important to note that when all of this come together as God had instructed and God had ordered, something phenomenal began to happen. Amen. Something beyond human comprehension began to take place. On this occasion, the presence of God's glory was so prevalent and so powerful that, again, they could not minister. They could not offer another sacrifice. They could not do anything that was accustomed for the priest to do during their worship and during their time of church. They just had to stop. Amen. That word glory carries with it the connotation of splendor or capaciousness, if you will. And capacious means something just yielding something uh, abundantly or full of thought or matter, uh, exuberant in words or expression, present in large quantity and taking place in a large scale, if you will. This was no light thing to see the cloud of his glory descend and make its way and set down upon the tabernacle. And there they watched as the glory of the Lord filled this place. Now perhaps it could be said that the cloud of God's glory and presence showed his approval upon the completed tabernacle. I don't know. I, I, would, I would kind of assume that myself. He was now dwelling with his people just as he had promised. Not only does he desire to dwell among his people today, but his desire is to dwell in them. Amen. Amen. That transition has taken place from a physical earthly tabernacle to a tabernacle not made with hands, and that is in the human race. Amen. By means of the presence of his Holy Spirit, our human bodies have become the temple or the dwelling place of God through the new birth. Amen? The second occasion in which I make reference to is found in 2 Chronicles. Well, there's two places it's found, but I'm going to use the rendition from 2 Chronicles. Now we have moved from the tabernacle scene, and Solomon is now king, and many hundreds of years have passed since Moses and Aaron have brought together Israel at God's blessing upon this tabernacle. And now Solomon has constructed, according to God's divine order, this huge, enormous temple that is gorgeous beyond imagination. There was no cost spared in the construction and the gold plating of everything that was placed and built and a part of the temple where God was going to choose to place his name. Now the time has come. This huge and enormous temple has been constructed just as it has been set in order and just in similar fashion has transpired during the tabernacle days. It's time now to move the furnishings into the temple. It's time to move the golden laver in. It's time to place the, the altar of sacrifice there in the temple. And finally, last. But certainly not least, it's time for them to place 
the Ark of the Covenant in the holy place. Hallelujah. That is significant in the fact that it represents the Ark of the Covenant is symbolic to Israel, to God's presence and His divine favor in their life and in them as a nation. And it has come time, again, the priest lift the Ark of the Covenant upon their shoulders with the staves and they start the procession to take this Ark into the Holy of Holies. What a day it must have been and what an awesome occasion it was for them to watch all of Israel has gathered together. And I don't know what the population was of that day, but we know it was quite a number of people that had come out to this particular church service. My, what a conference they had that afternoon. As the priests made their way into the Holy of Holies, there was some other stuff going on as well. The Bible says that when the priests came, or, or it tells us that they had gone in there and had set everything up, and the priests now have taken the Ark of the Covenant and they have placed it in the Holy of Holies just as God had instructed them to do. And it said when the priest had come out of the place, for it, at this particular time, now the priests were divided up into segments, if you will, or they were divided up into divisions. Some had some order, some had some other places they worked. Each one was designated to their particular division. But this particular day, something that stands out in my mind they had broken ranks with all of their divisions and all of the priests came together as one. It says it right there in verse 11. They broke their ranks, they broke the divisions, and they were all together just as one priesthood. And it said, and the Levites, who were the singers, they had the choir assembled there. What a choir it must have been. They had the choir there, and they had the musicians there. In fact, all of those of Asaph and Heman and, and Jedithon with their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar, down on the east end. Let's see which way is east here. I'm confused inside of the building. They stood on the east end of the altar, and there the choir was assembled, if you will, and they watched and observed as the priest ever so solemnly, ever so powerfully carried the Ark of the Covenant into the Holy of Holies. They were clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments and harps, and with them, 120 priests. Imagine, I'll help you guys out over here because we're listening a little bit that way today. 120 priests would fill this side of this building if we packed them in here real tight, and they all had trumpets. Now, Brother David plays a trumpet, and he can confirm this. If you don't muffle that trumpet... It can get pretty loud. Imagine 120 trumpets in this building. Right over here on this. We'd probably move that wall out about six, eight feet. And they all begin to blast simultaneously. But it says here that they had all of the choir set up. All of the singers were ready. The musicians were ready. The 120 priests sounding with the trumpets. And it said it came to pass that when the trumpeters and the singers... We're as one. They come together in unity. Nobody's mind was on Arby's. Nobody's mind was on Colonel Sanders. Nobody's thoughts were how quick is this preacher going to get done so I can go to dinner. Their thoughts were all together. 
as they observed the awesome and solemn moment when the glory of the Lord began to descend upon this place that God had chosen to place His name on. Amen? It said when they came together as one, all of their thoughts, all of their energies, all of their emotion, everything that they were was focused on one thing and one thing alone. God was getting ready to make His abode right there in this temple. They sang a real complicated song. We must learn it sometime. For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. They just sang that chorus over and over and over. They didn't get tired of it. It didn't become old and worn out as these... I better not go there. For He is good. The trumpeters all got together on the same note. The choir got together on the same note. The worship was magnificent. And they said, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And then, as they were singing, it said that the house was filled with the cloud and the glory of the Lord. Amen? So much so that the choir had to stop. The priest had to stop blowing the trumpets. The priest could no longer minister around the altar. Everything come to a screeching halt, and all they could do was step out of the way and let God do what God wanted to do. He simply wanted them to know that he was God and he was making his dwelling place there and he would do great and marvelous things for them. It said they could not minister, they could not continue to minister because the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Remember, this was something that was magnificent, something that was of great splendor and something you didn't see every day. But the thing that stands out so much here is they embraced His glory. They were willing to step out of self long enough to say, God, you were here and you've made your dwelling place here. Just take over. Hallelujah. They just had to quit. They couldn't do anything else. And just as the glory of the Lord had filled the tabernacle at its inauguration, so also it fills this temple. Rabbinic scholars have spoken, said that, spoke of this visible presence of God's dwelling with His people as, of, as the Shekinah glory. They refer to it as the Shekinah glory of God. And this Shekinah glory had been with Israel at Sinai. Moses had been in the presence of God before. Moses had been on the mountaintop with him, and Moses had been with him, and when he came down, they had to put a veil over his face because of the glory of the Lord that remained upon him, and he, he understood what it was to be in the presence of God, but that day when the glory of the Lord and this cloud of glory filled the tabernacle, it was like nothing he had ever seen before. It was like nothing he had ever experienced before. 
You see, God, Moses asked God at one point, he said, would you show me your glory? Show me your splendor. Show me all that you are. Let me see everything there is about you, God. And he said, Moses, no man can look upon the face of my glory and live. We just couldn't, we just couldn't handle it all at one time. But he said, I'll put you over here and let you get a little glimpse of who I am and what I am and what I'm going to do for you. Amen. Embrace means to clasp in your arms. Big old bear hug. Amen. Means to cherish or to love or to encircle and enclose, to take up, to avail oneself of, to welcome, if you will, to take or include as part as part or or, or as a whole. Are we truly embracing the reality of God's presence living and abiding within us? Are we truly embracing His glory? What we are feeling here right now is just a measure of what God wants to do here in our presence. Please understand, when I'm talking about the glory and moving of the power of God, I'm not talking about a bunch of emotional hype where folks get all churned up and they... They act in certain ways and and, and thinking that this represents the power and glory of God. I'm talking about a presence and a glory so magnificent that we just have to stop and step back and let God do what He wants to do in His congregation. As His Spirit flows and moves over the sanctuary and He begins to heal and He this one and He begins to touch that one and He begins to lift this one and He begins to fill this one over here and When we come together in unity, are we truly embracing the glory of God? I want that glory to fill this temple. I want that glory to inhabit this place. I want these lips to praise Him with adoration. Amen. I don't want things to be ordinary in the sense that we just go through the order of religiosity, but that we are allowing the glory of God to permeate every aspect of our being. He wants to do that right now. Amen. He wants to transform somebody's life in this place right now. He wants to bring His glory down upon your life in such a way you'll never be the same again. 